As the days passed, I felt increasingly haunted. I stayed inside, in my studio, surrounded by my images of her, spending hours contemplating them, trying to read her face. There were times when I wanted to tear those prints off the walls. Times, too, I think, when I wanted to be tortured by them. One thing I knew, I had to work her out of my system. If I could find a trace of her falseness in any of my pictures, then, I thought, I could begin to deconstruct my pain. But the pictures did not reveal her. They revealed me. They told me nothing, except that I had loved her. Finally, in an attempt to relieve my stress, I called Frank Cordero in New Mexico. I told him everything. He listened sympathetically. It's like first she built you up, he said, and then, almost deliberately, she tore you down. I know, that's what's so awful. It's as if she were two completely different people. So here I am, pining for her. Am I crazy, Frank, or what? No, I don't think you're crazy, he said. But I don't think you're going to be free of her. Not until you find out who she really is. Who is she? Jesus, I ask myself that almost every hour. If your pictures can't tell you, Jeff, you'll have to find out some other way. Like how? You've been a journalist. Check out her story. She gave you leads, tracked them down. I spent that evening considering Frank's advice. There was a side of me that wanted to let her go. Be done with her forever. She had misrepresented herself, which, as far as I was concerned, was among the worst forms of betrayal. To lie to me, her lover, for whatever reason, and then to disappear without coming clean? By any rational standard, she deserved no further attention or concern. But I wasn't rational. I was hurting. I was obsessed, and I was confused. Frank's advice sounded right. Follow up on my leads, track her down if possible, and then confront her. If I could do all that, then I might be able to rid myself of my obsession and get on with my life. There was another reason I wanted to find her. I wanted a conclusive parting. I've always been one for final ringing curtain lines. For all her deceptions, she had helped me break through my block. So as much as I wanted to cut her, I also wanted to thank her, express my gratitude, along with my contempt. And there was still another reason, which, with a certain amount of shame, I confess, had to do with sex. I longed one last time to look into her eyes, stroke her skin, Feel her touch, breathe in her incredible sense. The next morning I began to work the phone. I called every acting school in New York. Not one had a teacher named Lorenzo, nor a student actress named Kimberly Yates. I called directory assistants in Cleveland. There were three doctors named Yates. I called them all. Not one had a daughter named Kimberly. Not one had a wife who played the viola. Not one knew of any other person who filled that description. 
I called the dean's office at the Cleveland Institute of Music. The school did have a female instructor in viola. I got her name, called her, and though she did not have a daughter named Kimberly, she was kind and tried to help. She said she knew almost all the serious violists in northern Ohio. She described several women to me. None fit Kim's description of her mother. I called a registrar of Oberlin College. There was no record of a Kimberly Yates ever having been a student at Oberlin. She had lied, it seemed. I felt as if I'd been turned inside out.